He looked up at the lighted window in one corner of the house, on the top story. There were only two stories. Terribly fond of the poor creature, he soliloquized half loud. One might think, by the way he keeps the horses out, and that with the infermenza in all the stables of the neighborhood, and it's not he will stop at home for fear of anybody's catching it. Chris remembered his own experiences last year, when he'd been bad with this same influenza, and had been obliged to drive his master to the office through the rain, at least a week too soon. He shook his head reproachfully, and as the drops fell from his head, he thoughtfully shot them off his sleeve with finger and thumb. A bad master, he murmured. Seems to me the bad masters get all the good servants in these parts. Perhaps that keeps them bad. He gazed vaguely into the gathering darkness, as if searching for a solution of this mystery, and the clouds of white mist drizzled upwards, and the clouds of grey mist drizzled down. One of the horses sighed, a long-drawn sigh. With the swelling of his sides, the carriage creaked drearily forward, and then sank back again. The other whisked his tail. Chris yawned, but even as he did so, he straightened himself and arranged the reins. A man's shadow had passed rapidly across the white blind of the lighted window. Up at last, said Chris to himself. After a pause, he added cautiously, At least. A few moments later, however, the house door was thrown open with a bang which startled the horses. They bounded erect at once, in a tremble of expectation. Whoa! cried the coachman, tightening his grasp and reaching for the whip from its holder. The little brown quivered as if recoiling for a spring. A gentleman leaped at one rush from the dark hall into the dark carriage, throwing as he passed the single word HOME in the direction of the box. The carriage door banged. Allez, boys! cried Chris, for so much French do all Dutch coachmen understand, and all Dutch horses also. The little brougham jumped forward and ran away into the fog. It hurried along almost noiselessly in the clinging whiteness that seemed unwilling to let it pass. So tightly did the mist close round, deadening every sound with its dull weight. Presently, however, the door banged again. Chris glanced round quickly, impatiently. Only the closed carriage behind him and the horses trotting briskly down the road in front. I do wish he would learn to shut the door when he gets in, muttered Chris angrily. It's always falling open unexpectedly. We shall have an ugly accident some day in a crowded street. And he whipped up the horses, already going fast enough. Once within the town gates, he found it necessary to slacken his speed. The gas lamps, few and far between, lay like blurs of yellow fog amidst the white. Streets, in which there was barely room for two vehicles to pass each other, were cut by steam tram lines. Chris peered forward a little anxiously, keeping his steeds well in hand. After a minute or two, he came to a narrow crossing near a corner, and here he checked them into a walk. The streets seemed sufficiently deserted, one would think, only you can never be quite sure. See misfortune before she sees you, says Chris's friend, the county almanac. A moment earlier, Chris had heard his master in the carriage. That gentleman had coughed and struck something, doubtless inadvertently, against the glass behind the box. Now, in turning the corner, the coachman was surprised and heartily annoyed by a second click of the lock, softer this time, as if the door were being gently drawn to. He greeted it 
with a round oath at Mynheer Lossel's clumsiness, and, without deigning to glance backwards again, he cautiously wriggled round an awkward bend, and then once more slackened the reins. After that he did not check his pace till he turned into a broad avenue and drew up at his master's door. No one moved inside the carriage. The coachman cast a reproachful glance at the lighted entrance. You could see the gas lamps flaring steadily in the vestibule behind the glass doors. No one moved in the hall. Evidently, the sound of the advancing wheels had not been heard in the house. He put his whistle to his lips, but, even in the very act, he hesitated and let it drop again. He had never required to whistle on behalf of Meneer, only for Mevrouw. Meneer was often out of the carriage before it had properly stopped, long before the manservant had run down the steps to meet him. He peeped cautiously down over...